Oh, one more time. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Bless our God. Bless our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love what I feel in this house tonight. I can promise you this. You don't have a bank account big enough to buy what we feel right now. Hello, somebody. Come on. I said, you don't have a bank account big enough to buy what we're feeling in this place tonight. Amen. The Lord is certainly good. And the presence of the Lord is in the house. I'm thankful for God's presence. I said, I'm thankful for his presence. You know, what a terrible day it must have been when the scriptures tell us that the presence of the Lord had left Saul. That's awful. You ever thought about that? What if you walked in here and felt nothing? I'm thankful. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. One more time. Let's give him praise. God, we honor and worship you. We love you, Lord. We're thankful for your spirit. Thankful, God, for who you are to us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, several weeks ago, I broke out a little table. Not, we're not going to do that tonight. We're just going to stand here and teach a Bible study. How's that sound? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hope the Lord blesses you with it because it, the Lord has definitely put this in my spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm not going to have you stand while we read all of this, but we're going to go and cover verses 16 through 22. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22. And I'm just going to dive right into it, starting with verse 16. And I like to talk about tonight taking steps that lead to victory. It's important the direction we're heading in. Amen. It's very important. If you look at the prodigal son, you can be seated. If you look at the prodigal son, Brother Zelke, I believe the same road he traveled from the father's house to the pig pen had to be the same road he traveled from the pig pen back to the father's house. All right, somebody. He knew the way home. You understand what I'm saying? But now, one road... But what was the difference? The difference was the direction he was headed. Okay? He's on the same road, but at one point he was going in the wrong direction. And then in the, you read where he got it right. And on that same road, he turned around and came back. I'm going to tell you right now, no one in this building has drifted so far. You don't know how to get back home. Amen. Come on. You, you know the way home. We all know the way home. Amen. But the very, very first thing, or the first three things in 16, 17, and 18, the first three commands are basic Christianity commands. It speaks of rejoicing, prayer, and giving thanks. Those three things must be a part of every single one of our lives. Verse 16 says, rejoice evermore. Joy sometimes cannot be found in circumstances, 
But Christ can be found in every circumstance. Okay, sometimes we don't have much positive to look at. So that's when I say, look to Calvary. Are you hearing me? I'll be all right as long as I can touch Calvary. I said, I'll be all right as long as I can find my way back into his presence. Rejoice evermore. The joy of the Lord is what? Think about it. What's our strength? The joy of the Lord is our strength. No joy, no strength. You know what's wrong with some people? They've got the Holy Ghost, or they say, but you look and you think, I wonder if it really got them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot have the Holy Ghost without having joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, that don't mean everything is joyous, but like I said, even in the storm, we can find peace. We can find rejoicing. We can find the Lord. Aren't you glad you got somebody to turn to? And that somebody is Christ. In the presence of the Lord, there is what? Fullness. Fullness of joy. Woo! That's good, ain't it? Hey, it's in His presence that you find your fullness. So that tells me if you haven't been in His presence, that you're probably running on empty. You know why we are strong? It's the presence of the Lord. You know why we can come to church and feel like we got another ump in the triumph? It's because we've been in the presence of the Lord. You know why you're able to fight the devil and win on a daily basis? It's because the presence of the Lord is real and activated in our lives. Uh, and we can rejoice evermore. Not that we rejoice over everything, but I rejoice. You want to know why? Because I have hope. I said I have hope. And the world and the devil and the enemy and situations cannot take our hope. I have hope. I know the world's dark, but I see light at the end of the tunnel. I know people are doing crazy things, but I serve a very sovereign God. Are you hearing me? We can't get caught up on the thinking of the way people think around us. Rejoice evermore. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Are you hearing me? And the old song says, and the world can't take it away. Too many people are allowing the enemy to take their joy. Huh? Are you happy you're saved? Are you happy you're saved? Are you excited about the rapture? Are you excited about moving of the Holy Ghost? Are you excited about revival? That gives me great joy. Amen. Don't you just love when you see somebody pray through to the Holy Ghost? It's just like you get it all over again. You know what I mean? I remember when people used to get baptized, I almost just wanted to jump in the water and go, baptize me again. All right? There's a joy in seeing somebody come to the Lord. Church, we cannot lose our rejoicing. And we rejoice over the right things. Amen. Hello? Amen. The Bible tells you to rejoice in the truth, but not to rejoice in wrong things. Huh? 
I've seen people preach on hell, and they act like they're glad people are going there. <laughs> oh, I have. That's horrible. That's horrible. The attitude of some Christian and even the attitude of some pulpits is horrible. Hello? I had, I had a person come talk to me today who watched one of my videos, and he goes, Steve, that was... It was right where I was living. I don't go to church no more, but some of the things you said was why? And you didn't give nobody a hall pass, not me, not the church, not nobody. I said, uh-uh. Truth is truth no matter where it's falling and landing. Amen. Church, we have dropped the ball in areas. That don't mean we're bad, don't mean we're evil, don't mean we're doomed. But sometimes you just got to admit your imperfection. People respect honesty. Rejoice evermore. With joy, you'll draw water out of the well of salvation. You know what's wrong? Some of us ain't been to the well in the while. We ain't drank from the well in the while. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing more satisfying, nothing more powerful than getting in that prayer closet or being in the house of the Lord and feeling the presence of the Lord. And just for a little while, hear me, you know the world's waiting when you get back out there. But just for a little a while he's taking you into heavenly places and just for a little while he's took your mind off everything that's troubling you because you're in his presence and in his presence there's fullness of joy we need to get back to rejoicing like Pentecostals and rejoicing like we're proud to have the Holy Ghost and rejoice there ain't nothing like seeing a saint get up and start rejoicing and start worshiping the Lord Rejoice evermore. Amen. We cannot lose our joy and our rejoicing. I mean, man, I know we're on, we're on our way to heaven, but I'm kind of enjoying the trip. <laughs> There's no better life than living for God. None. Then I've heard people say, well... There's no pleasure out there in the world. Yes, there is. That is in contradiction to the scriptures. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin, but only for a season. Only for a season. Are you hearing me? That don't last forever. But what we have in the baptism of the Holy Ghost can cause you to rejoice when everything around you is coming and unglued and falling apart. You know why? Rejoice, rejoice. Paul said again, I say rejoice. He wanted to make it very, very clear. Rejoicing should be a part of our Christian walk. So that first step is rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray Without ceasing. Now, this is not telling us we have to be in prayer every moment of every day. Now, you think about that. If anybody in here says, well, I pray every day, all day long, and I don't do nothing else. Come on. You're expecting us to believe that? First of all, you got the Holy Ghost. You ain't supposed to be lying. <laughs> Hello? But what it is saying is to have a frequently prayer life and a continually prayer life 
And some people think prayer is only verbally. You can pray in your mind. You can meditate in your mind. Have you ever just begun to meditate upon the Lord and you ain't really saying anything, but your mind seems to transform and God begins to deal with your heart and your mind, uh, gives you direction? Uh, that can come through meditation. He said pray without ceasing. Now you ain't going to be praying every minute of every day. I'll never forget a man told me one time, he said, Steve, I'm up to 12 hours a day praying. I said, do you work? <laughs> do you have a job? Are you hearing me? It's a mindset. I said, it's a mindset. Some of us think that we always have hours to pray. Have you ever had a car come in your lane and you said, I'm going to call a few friends and have a prayer meeting? It's help me, Lord. Sometimes all you can get out is Jesus. Have you ever had something come that quick? Oh, Lord, you don't have time to say that. But if you have a mindset of prayer, you've already been making preparation for that. Hello, pray without ceasing. Prayer should be a fundamentally activity part of our daily walk with God. Now, let me ask you a question. Please don't hold up your finger on this. And you know, if you want to tell your spouse, you see, when I get up here and minister, I know my wife's listening and she knows me better than anything. So I got to make sure I'm telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I don't need called out after church. Now, the one thing I do get messed up on is dates. Everything to me was like yesterday. I remember, you know, a couple weeks ago, and the wife's like, uh, that was a year ago. Everything was the other day with me. I don't know why. And I'm horrible with names. It's just, hey, you sometimes. No, nothing Okay, but here, let me ask you something. If you rated your personal prayer life right now on a scale from 1 to 10, where are you putting yourself? You don't have to. Don't, please don't hold up fingers. <laughs> Two, one, three. How is your prayer life? If you say, well, you know, I never thought of it that way. Where are you rating yourself? It don't matter what no one else thinks. You know your prayer life. Amen. And our prayer lives are not in competition with each other. Hello? Somebody was praying 45 minutes, and I mean, I got, you, I've been down before, and the Lord touched me in 10 minutes talking in tongues, presence of the Lord, and they're like, man, that was quick. I was praying over here 45 minutes. I'm like, well, it just takes some of us to get a little longer where we're going. <laughs> Your prayer life is not in competition. You shouldn't be in competition with anybody in this building when it's prayer time. It ain't trying to outpray the one next to you. Sometimes, sometimes people think if I pray the loudest, I'll be heard the most, and that could be a problem. <laughs> Is this a competition, really, what we're involved in? Is this look at me how spiritual I am? Come on, man. That ain't what this is about. This is about a kingdom that's bigger than all of us. Hello? I said it's bigger than all of us. Had somebody tell me one time. Were you in my neighborhood, giving a, or my city, giving a Bible study? Yes, I was. You know this is my town? I said, you're right, but it's his kingdom. <laughs> Hello? We need to get rid of some junk we've been taught. Amen. Prayer is a must. Now, whether it's your 10 minutes driving to work and your 10 minutes driving home, as long as you're touching God and you feel content, don't try to live somebody else's prayer life. 
There's just some people that can flat down and get and pray for two hours and they don't even, it's like, it don't mean that much to them. That's just what they're accustomed to. Seriously. We're all built different. But prayer is a must for everyone. Pray without ceasing. Prayer is continually letting God know you're depending on Him. God wants to hear us say, now you think, oh, I don't know. Yes, God wants to hear Steve Powell say, this is too big for me. Amen. He delights when we just straight up, God, I can't handle this alone. This is too big for me. This mountain's too high. I need a financial miracle. I need a miracle in my body. My husband needs a miracle. My wife needs a miracle. God delights because you know what you're telling him? I can't do it. If we could, we would. If we could, there would never be a sick person around us. But do you understand sometimes even in that we could interfere with God's will? Isn't it best just to put it in the hands of the Lord? Huh? Third one. In everything, give thanks. Verse 18. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you now this is debatable because it said in everything not for everything i'm not going to say thank you i have smashed my fingers before with a hammer and i didn't jump up and go thank you god for breaking my finger <laughs> but i still can say thank you jesus not for the smashed hand, okay, in everything, not necessarily for everything. But what he's trying to tell us that in everything, whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's something bad in your life, whether it's a storm you're walking through, what is he telling you? I can give him thanks. In everything, I can still come to the Lord, Sister Irvin, and say you're still a great God no matter what happens, no matter the outcome, no matter where this is going. I'm going to praise you. That's in everything, not for everything. In the trial, we praise him. In the storm, we praise him. Give God some thanks. Thanksgiving to get you through the gate. Go enter his gates with thanksgiving. There's a certain way to come before him and that's with thanksgiving amen. amen the enemy cannot defeat a person who refuses to turn bitter uh uh that's not gonna happen there are people I'll tell you brother Zoki you and I have talked and you told me that one verse about uh, lean not to your own understanding how sometimes that will challenge your thinking because you can't walk from here to the back door without understanding You know what mine is? Something I'm thinking, I'm trying my best to get there. We all got that one thing we're trying our best on. Okay, we all got a Goliath. But when Paul said, and everything, I've learned to be content. Really? <laughs> Woo, that one's tough on me. In everything, be content? Are you serious? Even these nuts that keep you through two or three red lights? Be content. 
I wanted to run into the back of their car. Eek. Don't you look at me and say, you ain't never honked your horn at somebody. We all become horn honkers every now and then. Get out of the way, buddy. I'm going to Jesus' house. <laughs> content. No matter what state Paul said I'm in, I've learned to be content. Now, that's a thankful heart and spirit. You know what he was saying? No matter what this world throws at me, God's got it all in control. When we learn God has it all in control, when Steve Powell's learned God has it all in control, we can find contentment, peace, and power when we understand. Now, hear me. Do you know one trial can't knock on your door unless God allows it to knock? Do you think the devil throws things by God and he's unaware? Oops, I didn't see that coming. Sorry, fella, I didn't know Satan was going to do that. Think about that. Do you understand he provoked the trial of Job? Provoked it. Hey, have you tried him? I'd be like, hey, Lord, hang on a minute. <laughs> have you tried my servant? And what did Job say? Yeah, I have. But you put a hedge around him. What is that telling us all? Satan can't do anything unto any of us unless God allows it. And if God allows it, it's to teach us something. We just got to figure out what it is. I know one thing I've found in my own personal life. If you don't learn the lesson going through the storm, you're going through the storm again. There's always something God wants to teach us. And he can't teach know-it-alls. Well, you can't tell me nothing. You're right. I'm not going to tell you nothing. Have a nice day. <laughs> There's some folks that they just got it up here. You can't teach them or train them. Do you understand those people are self-centered and until you open up your mind, your heart, and your spirit, you cannot know the will and the direction of God. Hello? Get rid of that closed-mindedness. Being thankful. The enemy can't defeat. He cannot defeat a thankful person. What did you think the enemy thought, Sister Irvin, when Job lost it all? And you know what he was thinking? Got him now. Tuck it all. But then when he bowed his head and worshiped, that had to blow the enemy's mind. I thought this is where he was leaving God. I thought this is where that saint was never coming back. Yeah, let me tell you something. Set Set your storm when it starts. Have your altar and mindset. Job, you know what Job did at the very, very beginning of all this stuff? The first thing he done was worship. He set the tone for the entire trial. He didn't start out bitter. He started out worshiping. Why? The enemy can't defeat a worshiping or a thankful individual. 
He knows that. In every Thanksgiving thanks. It's like the preacher that was on the radio. This is a true story. Every single broadcast. This was like 10, 15 years ago. He'd start out his sermon. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And every day he found something different to be thinking about. So some people, he was making literally people mad who listened to him because they said, there's no way nobody can be that thankful. So his house burnt down. This is a true story. And they said, oh, we got to listen tomorrow because his house burnt down. He ain't going to be thankful for that. You know, he started his broadcast, told about his house and said, man, I'm thankful I don't have to go through this every day. <laughs> it's all about perspective. It's all about who you trust. It's all about do we really believe he's in control or don't we? Do we really believe that God allows storms? Yes, he does. Let me alert you. Sometimes storms we walk through is God sent, not devil sent. Are you hearing me? God has shaked the whole house and foundation to wake people up. Isn't it better to wake up than to be lost? Verse 19, quench, not... The spirit. Woo. We must never, ever try to quench the spirit of God when he's trying to do a work in our life. Hello, somebody. Because I'm going to tell you right now. All of humanity. Since Adam and Eve. Every single person that's been born. Ever. We all have been born with one identical thing, your will. Every person in this world that's ever lived, that's living now, has a will. I preached a message one time, the one part of you God will never go, and that is against your will. This is all about choice. This is all about opening your heart and surrendering. It's about me. When I was at the altar, I wasn't trying to tell God how to save me. I was saying, save me. Are you hearing? We cannot build voices of resentment when God is working on us. It's the truth. And we've all done it. May do it again, but I'm telling you right now, we will never arrive at the place God wants us until we learn to quit resisting him who speaks from heaven. Huh? I can promise you right now, nobody sitting in this building is going to, going to heaven or hell against their will. You choose. I choose. Amen. Did not God tell Eve and them, hey, don't do this? And if you do, this is what's going to happen. Did he send lightning bolts when they disobeyed? I know later they got booted out of the garden. I get that. But here's my point. He, they did exactly what he told them not to do. But because they were created with a will, God allowed that to happen. Why? We're not robots. Despite of what people think, I worship because I choose to, not because I'm made to. I read the word and pray, not because somebody's making me, because I want to. I have a will, and I want to use my will to incline and match his will. Quench not the spirit. We must give 
God free course. Free course. When we say God have your way, what we're actually saying is God have free course. And for God to have free course, that means there can be no resistance from his creation. Everything God said, let there be, let there be, let there be obeyed, correct? But his creation disobeyed. Everything else fell right in place. Let there be light, bang. But his creation didn't follow. We haven't followed the command. But we can't quench God's spirit either. Do you understand it is very important how we come into this tabernacle? It really is important how we enter this house with praise, with thanksgiving. Leave everything and the baggage out there. And if you do bring it, take it to the Lord and at least leave it there. Amen. It is our responsibility, ours, not even God's. Hear me. It is West Monroe's responsibility to create the atmosphere that God can work in. I said God wants to move, but we got to do something too. All right? People trying to have resurrection church with graveyard services. Create an atmosphere. Create the atmosphere that God can move and work in. Are you hearing me? We all play a part in what happens in our services. I'm telling you right now we do. From me to you to everyone. Singers, preachers, people in the pew, people running the sound, people sitting in the balcony. Every single one of us plays a part in what kind of church we have. You can say, no, we don't. Yes, you do. And by you saying, no, we don't, tells me you could be the one quenching things. It matters. It matters. When he raised Lazarus, Jesus didn't walk over there and loose him. He told the people around him, now I raised him, you loose him. They had a part, Sister Griffith, in the deliverance of Lazarus. He resurrected but they had to play a part too. We play a part for people receiving the Holy Ghost in this. So don't you say we don't, because yes, we do. We play a big part in what kind of church we have, how many people are praying through. It is our responsibility to create a movie and draw God into our atmosphere. Our responsibility. Quit blaming the denominational churches around us for what we're doing. Us. Us. It's on us. This is our church. This is our assembly. This is where we meet. It's on us. I'm going to tell you something. I want God to move and change lives. I want him to even change my life. If you're satisfied where you are, we'll open the altar just a little bit for you. I want more. I want to be more. I want more of God. I don't have enough. I want another touch. I want fresh anointing. I want to praise him all new again. I think this Holy Ghost doesn't have an expiration date. And I'm so thankful that God renews us. Daily. 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 Daily.
Let me go on. Verse 20, despise not prophecies. I'm talking about steps we take to victory. It's very important of our mindset concerning some things. Despise not prophecy. Do you understand? And we all understand that there's many false prophets in this world, correct? But that don't mean they're all false. And do you know, for the most part, this world will throw every preacher in the same basket. What's the truth? I remember when Jimmy Swaggart done his things. We were all. Remember that a long time ago? When one of them big time preachers fall or they get caught up in something that's fake and not real. Well, I knew all them preachers. No, not all them preachers. That one. Let's be pacific. Despise not prophecies. Just because you've had a bad experience with a man of God doesn't mean all men of God are that way. Hello? There are some genuine, true people doing their best to do it right. We despise some because of age. We despise some because we say, well, they don't have the knowledge they should. We despise some because we say, well, you know what I heard them say? Why do we get caught up in such judgmental activity? Let God sort it out. Hello? Despise not prophecies. Why would we despise prophecy that's coming straight from the word of God? You know why people despise the word? Because it gets right where they're living. Oh, yeah, it does. You open the book, it's like looking in the mirror. Despise not prophecies. You can't go around here hating preachers because there's been some bad ones. Of course, there's been some bad ones. But there's some bad saints. be blaming everything on the pulpit well we'd have a better church for you to preach a different message no we'd have had a better church if you had a better attitude hello I'll, I'll never let you talk that stuff to me because we are responsible for what happens in this building we are we are you come nonchalant like it don't matter well you're probably going home with just about what you came in with but you let hungry people walk through them doors. You let somebody desiring a touch from the Lord. You know what? They ain't going to care what they're preaching about, what they're singing about. All they know is I need a touch from the Lord. I'm not going to despise the word of God. I'm not going to turn against the word of God. The word of God is settled in heaven. Amen. Do we understand? It's settled in heaven. And when everything else is falling, the word will still be standing. Hello? People waiting for the word to collapse. You're, it's not going to happen. The word of God is its never going to fall. It's not going to fail. It's done settled. There's no adding to. There's no taking away. I know, man. You get some preachers and all they want to preach about. People out here adding to the word. Yeah, and some of y'all taking away from it. If it says repent, quit analyzing, repent. 
Repent means repent. I don't care what Webster you pull out. Repentance means repentance. There's only one name ever been given us whereby you must be saved. What is so hard to figure out about the one name? Was name's father. That's not a name. Are you hearing me? There's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. People will break it down, analyze it. You get up to preach something. They're back there on their phones Googling everything you say. Well, Google this. You ain't paying attention. Google that. What does it mean when the preacher says, I ain't paying attention? Answer, you're not paying attention. <laughs> okay. We're trying to break the word. Just preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Just preach the book to the best of your ability into the insight that God's given you personally. And that's what you preach. Because guess what? That's what you're accountable to do. Hello? You can't preach with an understanding that you don't understand. So you know what? Just do you. Just do you. And preach what God gives you. And let me tell you something. Make sure you preach what God gives you. Don't worry about results. That'll get you in trouble. Don't worry about hand claps. Don't worry about them yawning. Don't worry about them sleeping. I'm going to tell you right now. I've preached some messages before that I bored myself with. I'm thinking, my Lord, I don't know how anybody got anything out of that. I didn't get nothing out. That just came out all wrong. Only to have somebody come up, oh, preacher, my God, God revealed this to me tonight. You know why? You know what I learned? I had to learn the word of God does not return void. Just let it accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Quit preparing sermons, sermons for who you think's coming and quit getting your agendas ready and quit getting your vendettas ready. I'm going to get them today. That's when you're going to miss the whole mark, friend. You preach what the Holy Ghost gives you. It won't return void and God's got it all in control. Just let God do what God does. You say, well, somebody said, told me they didn't like that sermon. Who cares? Go home and sleep well. It's one opinion. Well, it's two. Who cares? Are you hearing me? Some preachers are preaching with way too much ego. You say, well, they didn't agree with me. Oh, welcome to they don't agree with me club. You know how many times I get disagreed with? And I ain't shut up yet. And I ain't going to. Are you hearing me? Because I'm preaching what I feel God gives me. I'm doing my best to deliver what the Lord wants me to deliver. So I'm not worried about sleepers. I'm not worried about complainers. I'm not worried about nothing. Well, I ain't paying attention. He Why you should have preached this? Well, didn't he know that? You know what I know? I am up here delivering what I feel the Holy Ghost gave me. I am not responsible for your reaction to it. Despise not prophecies. Don't get caught up in hating the man of God. Are you hearing me? 
The best lesson to ever read, if you're in that category, is read David and Saul. He wouldn't even touch him. Felt bad when he cut his garment off. He could have tucked the man's life. The throne was his, but he refused to touch the Lord's anointed. Read it. You need to read the story. Because you see, David understood the throne was coming to him in God's time. We got to trust God's timing and process. But we can't get caught up in hate and prophecy and hate and preachers. And and if you're, uh, I'm not going to say that because I don't know where somebody may feel that way. But I'll just tell you right now, I believe Jesus personally could come today. Now, you say, I had a man tell me this the other day. Well, I don't think he could come today because this, this, and this ain't happened. I said, so what you've just done is you've just kind of stopped the urgency of somebody expecting the Lord's return. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I know sitting in this building, there is pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And I love all three people. Does that really matter? Or does what really matters if we're ready Whenever it is. That's what matters. Don't say I know what all we're going through. No, you possibly can't. Here's what I do know. Sister Sherman, I'm not going to despise the prophecies of the word of the Lord. I'm not going to despise the word of God. I'm not going to despise the man of God. If you disagree, there is even a right way to disagree. God ain't never going to tell you to conduct yourself, conduct yourself in a bad way. We're already living in a time where we think religious people and religious accomplishment excuses bad behavior. But it doesn't. Let me move on. Trying to get done here. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Prove all things means, in my version, don't be so quick to drink the Kool-Aid. And when people just tell you something and they expect you to believe it because they said so, please question that. Are you hearing me? Do you know what the greatest apostle, if you want to call him that, in the, in the, in, in the scriptures told us to do? You want to know what the apostle Paul told us to do? He didn't even give himself a hall pass. Paul said, hey, follow me as, as I follow Christ. He gave us instructions as long as the leaders following Christ, it's okay to follow. But if he stops following Christ, the great apostle Paul said, uh-uh, you curse him. If angels from heaven preach another gospel, Brother Zoki, you curse them. You know what he's telling you? You make your calling and election sure. You know what you're following. You better know what the book says. Uh, and it ain't true because you say so. It's true because God's word says so. Somebody at work the other day said, well, Steve, you're wrong. And I said, no, I'm not wrong because you say I'm wrong. I'm only wrong because you have facts to prove me wrong. You mean it takes a fact to prove you wrong? I said, yeah, I ask anybody who knows me. You, you got to show me facts, man. Otherwise, I stay with what I'm going with. You know what's wrong with people? They're following everything. Look at your world. Look at your world. People are so easily deceived and duped. Don't believe anything anymore. 
Not me. I don't drink Kool-Aid. If you ain't coming from the book, I'm going to question that. I'll question that. You say, well, you ain't got a right to question me. I got every right to question you. This scripture tells me I have a right to question you. Hello? I remember old school, man. I had all kinds of questions. And you know old school. Hey, uh, how come we can't do this? Because I said so. Well, that's really not. people are so opinionated, they think their word is greater than God's word. You know some churches have set standards so high, Pastor, that Jesus couldn't preach in them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see facial hair on that guy. Yeah, well, he's also casting out devils, saving the sick. Oh, and by the way, he's your savior. Did you know he sat with these kind of people? Yes, he did. And do you know your kind of people is what put him on that cross? Preach with me, church. It wasn't the harlots and prostitutes and wine bibbers that crucified him. It was his very own. I came unto my own and they received me. Do you know religious... The, the, Back in that day, they added, the scribes and Pharisees added 365 laws to already what Moses' law was. You know why? Because they felt like it would be good. Well, if that's your opinion, that's great, sir. And I'm going to be disappointed if you don't live by that. But what's going to get us all to heaven is that. Not your rule book, not your law, not your personal conviction, not what you think. It's what does saith the word Everything. We're going to be judged by this book. No one sitting in the chair next to you. I need to finish. Prove all things. Hold fast is a military term that means to clamp down and fight through the storm. Yeah. How many had to fight some battles this week? We all have. We all have. We all have. I mean, there's not a person... In this place that's not fighting something. Really? Sickness, health, whatever. Doesn't matter. Everybody you meet's fighting a battle. It's the truth. Prove all things. Keep fighting. Finish the fight. In the last one, verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. We all need to step into that category. Amen. Amen. We are called to draw a dividing line. God brought us out of some places, and it doesn't mean at any point we can return. Now, I, we, were, we were on visitation, and we were walking the streets of Murfreesboro handing out tracks, and we walked by that bar, and some of them uh, guys that were drinking had been at my church, and, they was all trying to hide their booze. And I said, there ain't no need for that. I didn't go in there and sit and have a beer with them. But I sat right out there inside talking to them. Now, I know somebody said, we seen Brother Paul's coming out of the bar. 
You see me standing in front of a bar talking to a sinner is what you actually see, which I will do that. I don't care what people think about that. I push, I push beer cans, pot, marijuana, joints, cocaine aside from tables, opened my Bible, and taught a Bible study. He come to seek and save that which is lost. But evil, we have to draw a dividing line. We have to have some standards in our life. And please quit running back to what broke you. I was been turning a young lady and I'm hooked up through our uh, home builders. This was quite a few months ago, six, seven months ago, whatever it was. But she was messaging me and she kept falling out and getting into it with her husband, getting into it. You know, it was one of those things, one week he'd throw her clothes in the front yard. The next week she'd throw his clothes in the front yard. And they were just going at it, going at it. <laughs> then he started beating on her. He started hitting her. And she kept going back, kept going back. And then she finally asked me, what do you want me to do? I said, I've told you three times what to do. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you this time. If you keep putting yourself in bad situations, you're no longer a victim, sweetie. You're a volunteer. You got to quit running back to the thing that almost destroyed you. This is just my opinion, and I hope I ain't ruffling any feathers. But I don't think a woman should have to go home and get beat on by some man every single day. You ain't got no right to touch that woman. I better not see you touch that woman. Hello? I'm going to close because the devil owns the fence. We got to pick a side. We got to pick a master. We got to abstain from all appearance of evil. If you know it's your weakness, why are you hanging out with it? Are you, you got to abstain from all appearance of evil. <laughs> some may like this saying, some may not, but here it is. Are we the bride of Christ? Then that means you can't shack up with the devil all week and expect God to pay your rent. Are we his bride? Then we need to conduct ourselves as the bride, which is pure, faithful, holy. Are you hearing me? Told a young lady in my church one time, she said, Pastor, you think he'll cheat on me? I said, if he'll cheat on God, he'll cheat on anybody, woman. <laughs> you got to stain, separate yourself from evil. These steps will lead us to victory. Prove things. Hold fast. Get into the word. Quit worrying so much about how it's delivered and just concentrate on its being delivered. There's a big difference. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord's is soon to return. Soon to return. And I just simply want to be ready. How about you? And if God wants to do a stronger work on Steve Files, Lord, have your way. Have you ever went to the Lord 
stand with me. If you ever went to the Lord, I, I, I remember, how many's ever had people just flat out mistreat you? I mean, just mistreat you. They just treat you bad to be treating you bad. Man, I'll tell you what, them kind of people, I literally got to go, and I got I to go pray. I got to do something because my tolerance from them kind of bullies is not very high. <laughs> and I will step right in and say something. And maybe that's wrong on me. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Going to the Lord one time in prayer. <laughs> I remember when I worked at my first job was at Long John Silver's after I got the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling everybody about the Holy Ghost down there. Three people from Long John Silver's in West Frankfurt at that time, long time ago, came to our church, and three of those people received the Holy Ghost that I worked with at Long John's. But here's what I found out, that some of them people were so upset and mean and, and just wanting, I don't know what they wanted, they hated me for, for that, that I would come in from the back and, you know, pick up the fish or those little scoop things they had, they were dipping those handles in the oil, the fryer, setting them in there, and I would know it and come and grab it and burn my hands and leave welts. Now, that didn't happen on accident, and I knew that. So one night, I, I'm telling you, I about tucked that little basket that I picked fish up with, and I was, I was going to go to town on somebody's head with that thing. I was mad. That hurt. But I dropped that thing, and it's like the Holy Ghost took over because I haven't been in church real long, and I still at this point thought maybe punching people was still okay. Sometimes I still think that. I'm just being honest with you. But I dropped it back in the bin, went into the bathroom, locked the door, knelt down right there on the bathroom floor and said, God, you've got to handle this. And I said this crazy thing. I can't take this no more. It's never a good thing to tell God. And he said, I say he said Steve, but he spoke to me and said, how do you think I felt at Calvary? Because you put me there. I suffered a lot of things I didn't deserve either. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. And then I found out the person who was doing that, I went and invited them to church. And one night, while I was preaching some of my first messages to Sturgeon, I seen her peek through the back door of that little church in West Frankfurt, and I knew it was her. And I just went, come on in. While I was preaching, I've always been this way. We prayed her through to the Holy Ghost. But I wonder what would have happened, Pastor, if I would have took all that into my own hands. Isn't God bigger than we are? Isn't it best if we all possible just Does he know the end from the beginning? Let's lift our hands and praise him. Let's worship the Lord.